Good morning. Um, so good to see you this morning. A um, couple of announcements. Next Tuesday, we will not be meeting here at LAMB. So I just wanted to make sure we're all on the same page. Um, and then in two weeks, that's going to be our last LAMBs before Thanksgiving and Christmas. So we only have one more LAMBs, it's hard to believe, before our Thanksgiving and Christmas break. Um, and in two weeks, you probably already know this, but the children will be singing in case you need to tell any of your spouses or grandparents, invite them to come to large group. Um, and then again, we're in two weeks, we're going to be going over the lesson that would have been next week. So we're taking off the prayer and sharing day and just moving the next lesson to two weeks. Everybody clear? If you have a question, ask your leader. So, um, so this morning, it's my pleasure to announce um, that it's our Words of Encouragement Day, and that's when somebody from our um, ladies from our lesson actually um, get up and you get to get some insight into their lives. And today, um, I'm so thankful that Lisa, Lisa Blair Hawkins, is going to be sharing our Words of Encouragement. And I, um, when I was a young mom, and I would look up at the lady playing the piano, I used to think, I mean, I could just like, wonder if she was like a beauty queen or like Miss America or something. That's where my mind was going. Like, she's had the easiest life. She's just so beautiful and put together. Um, And so I'm just so thankful as I've gotten to know her. Um, Her life has not been easy, Um, but she has relied on God in so many, so many ways. So I'm so thankful that we get to kind of get to know Lisa a little um, deeper and even appreciate our worship time a little bit more. Her husband's Greg, and she grew up in Tennessee, and um, I'm going to pray for her, and then we'll um, let her share with us. Thank you. Dear Lord Jesus, um, we are just thankful that you carry each of us. We're each on our different paths, but that you um, have plans and purposes that are good and that you give us strength to face each day. Thank you for your word that um, you have used in Lisa's life to um, prepare her to be a voice teacher and um, her ministries that she has here in Raleigh. Um, Thank you that she's willing to share hard times and sad times um, and that you would be glorified as she shares. Thank you um, again for this time. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Emily. So I'm kind of in a lower range today because I've been sick. So kind of just go with me with that. There are a lot of things people can say about a low voice. But we're not in a nightclub, are we? So... We won't say those things. Okay, so I'm Lisa Blair Hawkins. Um, I noticed in our lesson there was a question about what we read, especially with social media, and just what quotes we take and what we put in our minds. And I had a quote yesterday from one of my long-ago students who's a beautiful Christian leader in in, um, South Carolina now, Zig Ziglar. 
and it is, you never know when a moment and a few sincere words can have an impact on a life. And that struck me because that's what I do every day. I I work with about 35 to 40 private students a week, high school and college age, for the most part. I also have a nonprofit, and so I'm working with kids mostly all the time. (laughs) So it's a lot of um, few and sincere words I try to give them. So my next thought, before I introduce myself a little more, was we want to follow God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, all of us, and our scripture from, first, from 2 Peter 1, 19 and 20, and I changed the words to we, we can only do this if we pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in our hearts, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And I think that's important because I don't know if you run into this, but especially with those that I work with, it's a lot of, well, men wrote it. It doesn't have, you know, but no, it was God-breathed. And God inspired, and I think that's such an important part of our study. And I think it was Tabitha a few weeks ago, we were talking about how we've studied this before, but new things pop out at us, and that continues to be my, my, my situation in this study. So I'm hoping that's the same for all of us. So one thing that has remained constant in my life, and I have no qualms about my, saying my age, so I'm 57 years old, and one thing that has remained constant is that no matter where I've been, I've used my music in church, Bible study, for God. So I've, I've used what I consider to be his gift to me for his glory, along with whatever I was doing. And I truly believe he's blessed me because of it, because I think when we use our gifts, God blesses us. So that's a constant. So I'm just going to start there. So introduction, I've been married 33 years. Um, lived in Raleigh for 20 of those years, all but three years I've been in this Bible study. And those three years were just three years to the nighttime and came right back. So I wasn't out of study, just not in lambs. Um, you all know I'm a voice teacher and that I have a nonprofit organization. So I grew up in a small town in Tennessee, teeny tiny town. Um, grew up in the church two great parents, still living. My dad just celebrated his 80th birthday. Had two fabulous sets of grandparents, especially two grandmothers. Um, And my one grandmother gave me my first Bible that I ever owned. And in researching to do today's study, I went and looked in my materials, and I looked in here, (laughs) and I had written in 1967, I was six years old, this is my first Bible from Grandmommy. And then I looked over in the back of it, because I remember I liked the pictures in here. It says the 23rd song, and then I wrote in my own little writing, this is a song too. (laughs) So I was already interested in singing and scripture, and so that was kind of fun for me. So I grew up in a church where um, there was something called sword drill. Is anybody in here old enough to remember sword drill? Okay, 
So that was, um, yay, there's people that, that know. So that was a sort of Bible drill, and you, you lined up, and you had to all recite the books of the Bible in the order. It was, it was fantastic training, a little regimented, but it was really good training. And, I mean, even years later, kind of like, you know, the ABCs or whatever, you find yourself Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. No, I mean, you know, you, you know the books. So that was great. Um, I played the piano and sang in my church, had a fabulous church choir director there in that little town. His daughter, who's a little bit younger than me, is now the choir director there and doing a great job. Um, I noticed when I was researching my Bibles, I had several Bibles. I had one that was given to me in, when I was at Ridgecrest one year. We all know what Ridgecrest is. So I went there, and I had some notes in there. And then I had another one that was given to me when I first went to college by a family that lived in Cincinnati where I went to college. I had a big wedding Bible that someone gave us when we got married, a big white wedding Bible. I was like, wow, there's such a thing. And then I had, of course, several other ones that I had purchased. A favorite one is a big pink one that I bought when I first started lands, actually. So... I'm going to go ahead and get to the big, ugly part of my life that was kind of a problem and could always be a problem. I know we all have a bent because we're flawed, and my bent is succeeding or living up to expectation. And from, from whatever, from myself, from people, from goals, just living up to people. And it carried over into every area of my life. Um, I was the firstborn of three girls, very high-functioning family. My one sister that's right under me is over the classics department at Brown University. My youngest sister is the mother of two boys who graduated from West Point. She's a nurse, went back at the age of 53 and got her nursing degree. High-functioning, my dad, chemical engineer, but my dad was the first in his family to go to college, and my mother didn't go to college, so... They were very driven in pushing us to do a lot of things. And this was good for the most part. But I found, in, I found myself early at an early age. I can remember even kindergarten, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to. And, you know, that's not of God. That is the flawed nature, and that was what was already happening in me. So doing all the things I was doing, music, being in a family that, you know, you had to make good grades and Bible drill and just all this stuff, it played right into this area of my vulnerability. And maybe a lot of you have kind of a similar, but this was mine. And I can't really say people-pleasing because it was, that was just part of it. It was just meeting expectations. So um, graduated from, college, from high school, went on to college. So wouldn't you know... I would go to a fancy music school, Cincinnati Conservatory of Music. And you think, this is great. This is really good. And I was, thought I was big stuff. I, you know, I play by ear. I've got perfect pitch. I'm really, of course, I get up to Cincinnati from my tiny town, and everybody has perfect pitch, and everybody has, um, does a lot by ear and does a lot of great things. So this plunged me right into another area of expectation. Um, I was in a 25-floor co-ed dorm. Um, it's now torn down. It's not even there. Girls in a suite, and then there was a connecting area, and then boys in a suite. Believe it or not, I never saw them because I was so busy 
meeting expectations, you know, and um, at the school. But it was a very stressful program to the point that when my mom visited, we were on the elevator going up to the practice rooms, and she said, wow, you could cut the tension with a knife here. And I said, what? What? I didn't feel it because I was used to it. But I got bogged down and made some not-so-good choices. Um, But God found me through something called BSF. And um, there were other organizations that would come up to me when I would go across the student bridge, and they would say things like, do you know where you would go if you died? Would you go to hell? Do you know that today? And it would just be, and I was very turned off by that. So when this really cool older gentleman came up to me and said, hey, we've got a Bible study and we're meeting and it's Bible Student Union, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so drawn to that. So that's what I went to, and that's where I stayed in college. Very, very great program, a chapel, did some mission trips. It was really neat. It was hard to balance it with the curriculum at Cincinnati and all the expectations, but, you know, I did it. So junior year, I was playing for the ballet conservatory. I was playing in a hotel downtown. The Weston Hotel had just opened, singing and playing. And I established in-state residency. Because remember, I'm still succeeding in meeting expectations. So I found out how I could establish in-state residency and, with my scholarship, not require my parents to pay for my last two years of college. So I did that. Um, And just kept right on succeeding and making some not good choices along the way. I won't pull open the drawer of all the ugly, but you get the point. So after, fresh, after my um, freshman year of college, I added music education to my major because I'd always loved to teach. I'd even taught piano lessons. And so I decided, mm, I don't think I want to be a performance, vocal or piano performance major because it looked like they didn't do much when they got out, but just get applause. And, and I really loved taking people from A to Z, so I was, I'm going to add that. So I, I um, got that degree, and this is when I got my degree in student taught, and everywhere I student taught, I loved it. Elementary kids, loved it. Middle school, loved it. I mean, high school, loved it. So it was teaching, and um, got the opportunity after I graduated to come back to my hometown from Cincinnati to an elementary school. So I took over for a lady who had been in an elementary school for, she'd been there for 50 years, I think. She was very elderly and sweet and a wonderful teacher, and she asked me to take her job. So I went into that, and I started a little fifth-grade show choir. They were called the the Blair's Boppers. And I mean, they bopped around. We went to rotary meetings, and we, we, you know, they were, and I've still got some of them contacting me. (laughs) So that's kind of cool. But... You know, I was taking it to a, I was really at going at it, plus teaching all the other. I was playing for the local symphony, singing in it, playing and doing gigs, still going up to Cincinnati, doing that. It was expectation, succeeding, really moving. So uh, part of two great churches there and had been diagnosed with endometriosis. And some of you know what that is, and a very severe, severe case of it and been told, you probably won't have children. And this played more into my vulnerability to be successful. I'm like, well, I'll just put that energy into all these efforts and children, other people's, you know. And and a lot of that was really good, you guys, but a lot of it was not focused 
where it should have been. So um, coming to the end of that, I the last year I was in that little town, I did a Bible study, a serious Bible study like one of these. It was a nighttime study, the book of Jeremiah. I still remember it, and the teacher was Betty Jo. She's gone on to be in heaven, but that was really the beginning of a real change in my life, a Bible study with other believers and serious. And about the time I did that, we got the opportunity to move here. Broughton High School at the time had a show choir, and they had a $100,000 budget for that show choir. It was such a high power, and that's kind of funny to me because the budget for my whole nonprofit is under 100000 so that's kind of funny right now to me. But <clears throat> we accepted it. They recruited me. My, my students were performing out in California, and they, they hounded me and recruited me. So they were like, if you come here, you can do everything. You can, t- you can do way more than you're doing in that tiny town. So, of course, being the succeeder that I am, and it, I came right over to Raleigh and started this huge job. And I'm just going to say as a little point of warning, and to all of us, especially younger, when I was testing for the test you do just to teach in North Carolina, and my mom was with me, I heard in the background my mom ask one of the faction from the show choir competitive world, Lisa's going to want to do a Bible study. Do you all know of a good one? And one of the people said, oh, she's not going to have time for that. We want her to be winning with our, so she's not going to have time for Bible study. Bad feeling in my spirit. But I've already agreed. I'm here. I'm going to, you know. So mom didn't like it, but she's like, you know, I, I don't think they know you. They, you know, you'll, it'll all work out. Well, it was a ton of work and some great families, great people there. But, but the emphasis was that show choir winning and traveling. And it was tied to musical theater and a lot of great successful things, but... <clears throat> Just a lot. So I would start the job, and within a month of teaching at Broughton High School, I'm not feeling very good. I'm thinking, that's weird. I'm starting to be really sick and throwing up a lot. So, of course, at almost 37 years of age, I was pregnant. After just taking on this huge and coming over here. So, good. I was really glad and blessed, and I'm thinking, wow, so this is going to be neat, and People were happy, most people. You know, I got a lot of questions. Uh, Ooh, how soon will you be coming back? And after the, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that was pressure and me being a succeeder. Then I started. So, but I kept on and I was building and doing, doing great, just loving it. And we started going to an evangelical free church, Greg and I did, which is a Chuck Swindoll's denomination. And actually the pastor there was good friends with David Horner, I found out later. And it was kind of cool. But anyway, um, within... Three months, people began saying, and I don't want to, I don't know if there's pregnant people, so I'm always careful with this story, but um, you can see I'm still going strong. So, so anyway, th- within three months, people began saying, wow, have you felt? And I was like, no, I haven't felt any movement. And their faces would. And I was like, uh-oh. Hmm. Well, then people would cover it. Oh, that's okay. Sometimes you don't feel anything, you know. So the doctor kept telling me things were going okay. And so finally at maybe five months, I was at the doctor, and he said, we need to do an ultrasound. 
So they sent me over to the fancy clinic over by Rex. I think it's something else now. I'll never forget the building. And the fancy doctor put the thing on my stomach, and she said, I'll be back in a minute. So I knew. I'm not, you know, at 37, I'm not stupid. So I was like, oh, my gosh, something's really bad. And you sort of go into a surreal, as you all know from, from so then she comes back, and she said, um, can you call your husband? I said, i got to go back to Broughton. We're having pictures made today for all the choirs and da-da-da-da-da. And are you sure I need to call him? She goes, yes, we need to call him. So they, they go and reach him. And in the meanwhile, he gets there. And so I'm like, what's the big deal? She says, um, it's terminal. Your baby is, it's, a, it's a, like you were struck by lightning, trisomy. It, it's a situation that you could have done nothing to prevent it, but it's, it's bad. About everything that can be wrong with your baby is wrong with your baby. And I was sort of like it was a, you know, how you, like it's a joke or it's not a, but I was like, oh my gosh, this is what, you know, and I just, my whole world was really weird. And, and then she said, you can abort. You can get rid, you know, because you have, and I said, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't think I can do that. No matter how I would have felt earlier in my life or any kind of mistake I would have made or anything I would have, I'm now on a different path. And I just can't decide that because God decides, you know. So I'm just going to, she goes, well, you're going to be going in every week checking for a heartbeat. And then when that heartbeat is no longer there, we're going to be taking the baby. So I can remember leaving. Greg had to go back to work. And I can remember calling my dad, just bawling. Just bought, and he was at work, and I remember he was like, you know, it's, it's this is going to be okay. Um, God has you, and there's a, re, you know, we'll just have to figure it out, and da-da-da-da-da. So I went home, and at first tried to go back to teach, but then I just, I couldn't face it every day. So took off. Um, many, many people at Broughton donated sick days for me. Many people really stood by me. So finally, within, when I got to about six and a half, seven months, Got to that doctor visit, no heartbeat. Uh, into the hospital. So, ladies, when you you maybe have been through a stillbirth, but they label your room different. Put a big sign on your room that you're different. You're weird. And they keep inducing, so that you'll. So you you have to have a complete labor. You have to deliver the baby. You have to have all, and it took days. Lots of Pitocin. It was awful. My, my sister was here. My parents were here. He said stuff to me, different, different doctors, but the one said, you know, it may just fall out in the toilet one day. That's the stuff I had to hear. And I was just totally in a, well, long story short, it happened. It, no, you know, it, we delivered and named her Faith. And then my placenta didn't separate. So about the time I'm starting to get, oh, I've lost, a, I'm going to die myself. So, so I had to gather up my wits and go through that and came out of it with my life. And then you're leaving the hospital and all these balloons are on wheelchairs and you don't have one. And that was rough. And I remember thinking, wow, why can't I have a baby, a healthy baby? And guess who was having a healthy baby right along then? Madonna. Ricky Lake, people like that. And um, I remember saying 
gosh, if Madonna can have a healthy baby, why can't I? And I can remember for just a little bit getting really, really, really mad. But as fast as I could, I tried to figure out what is God going to try. I thought, okay, I've got two roads. I'm going to be one of these bitter people that never gets over this, and I'm going to go down that road. Or I'm going to be one of these people that figures out what's God trying to teach me. And I got on that, that road <laughs> hard. So I was recommended six weeks, you can't go up and down stairs, you know, blah, blah, blah. So in all the fears, I thought about um, a few weeks ago and the, lo- the, the fear of bills not being paid and just several of you have gotten up here and said that. We've all felt that, or a lot of us have, because that was our health insurance through Broughton. My husband was in a new job, so I didn't know. And we had a big one due, and I can remember we came, at one of our first outings, we came back, and in the mail was a check for exactly that amount because we'd been praying that God would... And it was exactly the amount we needed. But I was still dealing with grief and feelings of failure. But like I said, I got off on a tangent. I was reading everything I could, books I'd never read, because I'd been busy meeting expectations and succeeding. So I read Chuck Colson's book. I mean, I read all these great Christian books. And I was with a friend, and I walked up in a store to a lady, and I said, did you know that um, the end times are near? And I was just grabbing it right because I was just so. And I was like, you know, um, every prophecy has occurred except Jesus is recur- returning. And, it, and I remember she was like, I'm glad you're doing better. And, but I remember my, my friend said, I think you're coming on just a little strong. I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm just excited because I'm reading all this and I'm praying and so I returned to activities, like that was December-ish when all that happened, so I returned to activities, and the first thing was people started reaching out for voice lessons from the school. So that's how I started, well, okay, maybe I'll teach voice lessons. So I started that, and then I started getting invitations to go and judge choral contests around the country, because I'd built up, I'm sure you know, quite a reputation of all my succeeding, and so I started doing that, and the first thing, memorized that verse that I memorized was Psalm one nineteen eleven. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. And I said, okay, I'm going to stick by that. Because I'm going to memorize scripture and I'm going to stay strong. And things would happen. I'd see a commercial. You know what it's like when you have suffer loss? All of you, whether it's your father, whether it's your whatever, when you suffer loss, anything can trigger. So this was a big deal for, for me. Because I've had a lot of success. And I've had a, but this is the first thing way out of my control. So it is what changed me and made me become who I try to be now. So um, the next verse I memorized was James 1.5 because I knew, uh uh-oh, I've still got that bent because now I'm kind of getting through this and I feel like I'm on the right path, but now I'm getting all these invitations. I mean, people were coming out of the woodwork. Oh, you don't teach in the school? Now you could go over to you could go to Omaha and judge. You could do. So it was just crazy. So I had to pray. If any of you likes wisdom, ask God, and he'll give generous, generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. So I started. That was my next one. I said, okay, i got to keep that in the forefront of my mind. So summer came, and the first thing I wanted to do was get in a good Bible study. And I had heard throughout my difficulties that a Bible study in Raleigh called Lambs had been praying for me. And um, I think Lynn Roach, and some of you all may know her, um, Catherine Julia's mom, and I taught Catherine. She was the one that told me, we prayed for you the entire time. So I thought, I'm going to get in that Bible study, Lambs. 
So um, I knew things wouldn't be going back the way they were before this trauma. But I just was praying about what would be next. And I was like, I have a daytime availability now. I'm not going to be teaching. So I came, and my second year, second year, like around 2000, 2001, my leader was none other than Miss Jill Hawkinson. And that was a life-changing year. I started to bring your handout. She gave me a handout, and she's probably given it out many times since, but God's promises. And I started to bring one for everybody, and we still can, Jill. But I had a lady do it in calligraphy, and it's framed in my home. And it's a real cool um, what, what the world says, but what God says. It's just really neat. A lot of you may have it. It was on a piece of cardstock, and it's just beautiful. I still have it. Um, and like I said, we'll get it to you. But I've, I've, that's what I've tried to live by is God's promises. So in, God's, in our study, one of our verses says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This is who God is. And I try to live according to this, especially since I deal with so many people who are not. And so I guess... Um, the good story, the good news is, I'm here, I'm standing here, and I'm not bitter. And I can't really tell you that many times come up where I'm bitter. I'm a pretty upbeat person. I think the music girls would tell you I'm kind of hyper and kind of um, crazy at times. But I've had a lot of people from God to help me get where I am. And people used to say to me, does it not bother you to be around young mothers or people? And I'm like, no, I think I could help them. I think it's helpful for you all to know how people come through, tra- you know, tragedies and, and just how it works when you're like, for example, if I was having a healthy baby, I would always forever be aware of the room that has the weird leaf on the door. Cause that's the woman who's got to, that's something we'll all, you know, you learn and you'll know to how to deal with it. But I guess um, the next thing that I would tell you is God has, because I chose that road, not of bitterness and of Bible study and serving through my music, God has blessed me way beyond my belief, whatever thought would have, my belief in what I could have done. And it has nothing to do with expectations and succeeding. It's just been God, not me having to do it. So he took something that was a real, real down and turned it into a real happy. I, um, I have a nonprofit organization that's an arts nonprofit that helps kids perform. We've, we've performed for many, many things. Backup singers for when Josh Groban came to town. We've done, we've done a whole lot of different exciting things. But it's not a Christian, but I intersperse the Christianity every chance I can. In the schools, it's getting harder and harder to do that. But in a nonprofit organization, you can do it. You can have a devotional. I can bring Quinn Evans in to my summer camp, let her do a devotional. I can go around the room and say, what are we all thankful for? Let me go first. You know, and, and most of my students know about what happened. Because one year I, I, I use that as a, because I'm pretty, just what you see is what you get. <laughs> and... Um, So I will tell you that my theme verse is, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 
and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That should have been my verse all along, because anytime we're relying on success, expectation, we're anxious, and we're not relying on God's direction. And when you rely on that is only, I believe, when you can see God's blessings. And I think that's the only way God can work in our lives. And I could tell you example after example of what I get to witness and how I can be at peace with even working through secular music. Um, You know, there's some downs. I had a down a few years ago. I was judging a competition at Disney, and because I came out with a rather Christian judgment of some costumes, they made it clear they would not be inviting me back to judge again. Not Disney, but the organization. said, we won't be inviting Sister Christian back. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, earlier in my successful life, I would have been really upset. Oh, my gosh, I didn't meet expectation. But I was like, hmm, well, God has something better. And he has. He's had something a lot better. So I used to hear Christian speakers say, you're going to be lonely at times as a Christian. It is lonely, but it's a good kind of lonely. Like, I think it's a compliment that I'm not invited back to watch something that's not wholesome. And I think it's a compliment when you are included in godly things and you're left out of things that are not where God would want you. Just last week, I had a student, and he's going to be a star, beautiful Christian, He's graduated from college, and he went up for a very important audition for the musical Titanic, which is returning to Broadway. He also went day before yesterday for Frozen. A lot of y'all know Frozen, and they're replacing some of the cast. And I said, Sawyer, um, how do you take that? Because they type out, they'll line them up, and if you're not the right height, you can go, you can go. It's just a brutal process. He said, well, it's not too hard, Miss Blair, because... um, I'm I'm supporting a bigger source. So I get scripts, and if I read them and they have anything that's questionable, I don't even accept the audition. And I can't tell you what joy that brought me because, ladies, this is a difficult world we're living in. With the arts especially, it is, it's a lot of, and I hear stuff like that every day. Every day I'll say, if you're not going to, if they're worried about getting into a certain program, I'll say, you know what, that's not the one God wants you in then. It's like a softball. If God wants you to have it, you just catch it. So I guess I would end by saying two takeaways. One, there's nothing we've ever done that's so bad God won't love and forgiveness forgive us if we ask for his forgiveness. Two, there's nothing that can happen to us that's so bad God can't help us through it if we ask for help. Those are my two takeaways because I don't know what's in your life. I often wonder, wow, he or she must not have something that he did that was bad that God had to forgive him for. I don't know. But I just think any of us who have been forgiven and we know what that's like and how great that is, we have the greatest testimony of all. We can go out and tell others that, you know, we have a God that overlooks and forgives. A lot of the religions don't do that. And then if bad things happen to us, we have a God that will get us through that. 
So that's my story. I don't think I left anything out. I see that I'm on time, too. So let's end with prayer. Thank you all. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to share. Sometimes we think our own story is maybe not exciting or or not what it needs to be. But, Lord, our stories are all important, and we all have a testimony. And we just thank you so much that we live in a country where we can come in this room and study your word for all the great leaders of, of God we meet all through our lives. We don't want to take any of that for granted, Lord. And no matter what we're going through, no matter how hard it is, help us all to continue to choose that road of your healing and your perfect love and power. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.